Anyone who knows me knows that if you give me an opportunity to talk about weekly planning, I will take it. As they say, when the soapbox appears, so will Lisa talking about weekly planning. (laughs) So you better believe when my good friend, Rachel Harrison's son, invited me onto her wildly successful YouTube channel to talk all about weekly planning, I said, heck yes. One of the reasons I love Rachel is because she's whip smart and incredibly sharp. In my conversation with Rachel, she asked me brilliant questions, ones that I knew I just had to share with you. So we've taken my YouTube interview with Rachel and turned it into this podcast episode. How's that for multitasking? Now, as I've said, I love talking about weekly planning, and in fact, episode 39 of Golden Girls Podcast is all about it. In that episode, I shared why weekly planning is so important and got into some of the nuts and bolts of how to find a system that works for you, some of the step-by-steps to planning your week, and how to block the time. I also talked about some of the common challenges, including having a too busy calendar and the also common overestimating what you can do in a week and how to avoid those challenges. If you want more on weekly planning, go listen to episode 39, but not until you listen to this episode first. I'll tell you, Rachel did not let me off easy just because we're friends. She asked some really powerful and important questions, such as, is it possible to succeed without weekly planning? We talked about the most common mistakes people make when approaching this process of weekly planning and the difference between urgent and important tasks and how to navigate that. You're going to hear a lot of practical tips that you can take right away and start implementing to make your weekly planning more successful moving forward. Rachel is awesome. She is also a busy mom and entrepreneur. And in this episode, we got real about how our mindset has affected our weekly planning. And you're going to hear about the struggles we faced, especially over the last few years with young children, businesses, a wild world, and big dreams. We get honest about what it looks like to balance the realities of life and our big dreams, sometimes gracefully and sometimes with a lot of tears. Here's my challenge to you. Listen to this episode But also, commit to yourself to trying at least one or two things that we share. You don't have to do it all, but don't let this episode go in one ear and out the other. The tools we talk about literally have changed our lives. It doesn't come without work or intention, but it's all possible and it's there for you too, my friend. Take my invitation. Commit to integrating one or two things and have that in your mind as you listen in as Rachel interviews me about weekly planning. By the end of this episode, you're going to be confidently planning your weeks and executing on your goals and dreams one week at a time. Now, disclaimer here, I don't have a magic wand that will give you 200 hours a week or a full household staff, but I can promise you that you will feel a little less alone in the chaos that sometimes is our life in motherhood, entrepreneurship, and growing careers, and wherever you are in life. And I promise you're going to walk away with some great tips to tweak, or overhaul your weekly planning to make it work for you. And when you do that, when you own your weeks and put time in your calendar for your dreams, anything is possible. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. It's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. 
Golden Girl, let's dive in. I am a success coach, speaker, and host of Golden Girls Podcast, and I am coming to you today live from Vancouver, um, but I'm going to Coles notes this and take you back a few years and tell you that my life was completely different about six years ago. And six years ago, I was living in Northern Canada in a really small town. My husband and I both had really fantastic jobs. We were we had a house. We were buying our real estate empire and building it up. And then I had a health scare. And for me, um, I faced the reality that I only have a year or two left to live. And I remember laying in bed with my husband that night and turning to him and saying, what do you want to do? Like, what are we going to do if I only have a year or two left to live? And my husband, he's a pragmatic guy. He looks at me and he said, you know, Lisa, you're the one with the timeline. What do you want to do? And the first thing that came to my mind was move to Vancouver. And Rachel, you probably know this. I, ever since I was a little girl, I loved the city. I loved being here. I would come here for dance conventions and concerts and my parents would fall asleep in the hotel room and I would sneak out to the window and stare at the city lights and listen to my Christina Aguilera CD. Now y'all know how old I am. Uh, (laughs) And just dream about living in the city. And it was one of those things that, like, I think a lot of our childhood dreams, and maybe you can relate to this, it just became impossible. You know, at the time I was 12, I couldn't move out on my own, but then my university wasn't in the city. And then my boyfriend wasn't in the city. And then my next boyfriend wasn't in the city and my house wasn't there. My mortgage wasn't there. My job wasn't there. And it became so expensive. And I just written off this whole idea, this whole life that I wanted as impossible and not for me. But in that moment, when I had that health scare, it really woke me up to say, you know, do I want to listen to my excuses? Do I want to keep looking at these list of reasons why I can't? Or am I going to start asking how is it possible? And for me, that was a decision. I made the decision to stop looking at the list of reasons why I can't do something and start to say how it is possible. And so when I say that I'm coming to you from downtown Vancouver, I mean, it took a little while. We had to quit our jobs, sell some houses, sell a lot of stuff, call our parents and tell them, yes, we just got married. Also, we're quitting everything and leaving it all behind. Um, But it's really cool to get to be here in Vancouver because we started to ask, how is it possible? And that's kind of the Coles Notes version of what I do as a speaker, as a coach, is to really help women and entrepreneurs and executives, parents, ask for whatever your dream is. First of all, give you the permission to really understand what that is and the courage to go for it and make a plan to get there and start to ask, how is it possible and then get you out of your own way to make it happen. So that's what I'm all about. Um, that makes me so grateful to be here in Vancouver. Every morning I wake up and I think I'm so grateful to be here. And I want to help as many other people live whatever your dream is as possible too. I love that. I never ever get tired of hearing that story. You're you're always one of the most inspirational people in my life. So uh, I, I just love all of that. Uh, that's great. And I'm I'm so glad to have you here today talking about weekly planning, because that's definitely something that I'm sure has helped you experience all of the success that you're currently enjoying. Um, And I know it's probably been a process as it is for all of us, but I know that you've you've got to have some good tips to share with us today. So let's get into it. But first of all, I want to ask, do you think it's possible to succeed without weekly planning? Like is weekly planning on that granular level, is that actually essential for success? Or is it kind of just good enough to, you know, January 1st, set your goals for the year or even on a quarterly basis and just kind of uh, just kind of have those in your head and kind of go from there? Or is it really important to break things down on that small granular weekly level? Such a good question. Okay. So I said, my husband's a pragmatic guy. I'm the dreamer. So I'm going to say, I believe that anything is possible. I think if you have the right time, the right situation, the right money in your bank account, the right connection, I'm sure that anything is possible. There are people probably that have had higher levels of success that have like somehow made it work. 
But I believe a lot of that is luck and circumstance, and it's it's the exception, not the rule. You know, Stephen Covey even writes about this in his classic book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, around weekly planning. And that's really like, that was what introduced me to it in the last 10 years. And it's been over a decade of practicing this. So I'll share with you all my best tips on all the mistakes, all the things over the last 10 years. Um, but I do believe that it's essential for success. And I think I think there's a couple pieces to it. You know, number one, I think the biggest thing is it's not necessarily about the planning. It's just about being proactive. It's about sitting down and being intentional and saying, hey, this is what I want to create. This is where I want my life to go. This is the kind of relationship I want to have. This is the kind of business I want to have. This is the kind of lifestyle I want to have. This is how I want to be spending my days. And about being proactive about that because, you know, 10 years ago, this was true. I think today it's even more true. Probably, you know, if YouTube is still around and this is still up on your channel in 20 years, it's going to be even more true. So much of what we do every day is reactive. It is, you know, I got, the bills came in, I better pay these bills. Uh, the email came in, that's other people's agendas, I better respond to those. The Facebook notifications that, you know, the podcast came out, I better go listen to that. It's other people's agendas, other people's things, and we're often reacting to it. And what I see is so important to success is to be proactive instead, to not just look at, you know, what are the right things to do or what are the things I'm expected to do. And again, from a granular level to like replying to that Facebook message or that email, all the way up to like doing the right thing and going to school, getting a job with benefits, all those things. It's about really about taking back control and saying, this is what I want in my life. I'm going to make it happen. So I think the, the bigger picture is it's about being proactive. And I say it's probably pretty hard. You might be able to have success without being proactive, but it's probably pretty hard to have aligned success, you know, the kind of success that you actually are like, I want this, this is meaningful, this is what I want, without some sort of proactivity. And weekly planning to me is one way, one really powerful tool to be proactive in your life. I find that so often when we set, I mean, 2020 was a great example of this. If you set a goal for 2020, like good luck that things would have stayed the same by April of 2020. And also sometimes like day by day, things just change so fast. We don't always have hundred percent control over everything we do in a day. So I find a week is just a great time frame where it gives you enough time that you can see some, make some progress see some things happen, but it's not so little time that it, you know, things get in the way and you can't, you can't come up with that. So I find the week is a nice balance in there. So, right. I mean, yes, anything is possible. Is it likely? Probably not. And even if you do get success, it's probably not aligned success. Right. Okay. So with the people that you work with and even yourself, where do you most commonly see this whole process fall off the rails? So I guess what I'm, <laughs> what I'm asking are, like, what are the biggest mistakes you see people make when they just, you know, um, try and approach the whole process of weekly planning? Oh, such a good question. Okay. So let me just say, I've made all these mistakes. So if you're listening this is, and you feel attacked, so do I. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about them. So number one, and I'm just going to share the mistakes. We can talk about tips too, but big mistakes. Uh, I see so many times we put too many things on the list and I have been totally guilty of this. We put like the laundry list of all the things we wish we would do. And we put them all and say, we're going to do it in the next week where it probably should be stretched out over a month or even a quarter. So that's a really big mistake is putting too much on your plate and then getting disappointed at the end of the week when you didn't get those things done and thinking the problem is weekly planning as opposed to being strategic about it. Uh, one of the other mistakes I see is oftentimes focusing on things like busy work or things that don't necessarily move the needle in what you actually want to achieve. So this can often be other people's priorities coming in. Like, let me give you a good example, achieving inbox zero. 
it sounds nice. Uh, it looks good. If you're somebody who gets inbox anxiety, that must feel good. But have you actually moved the needle on anything actually productive? That's a mistake I see is people don't actually think about is what I'm putting on this list and what I'm saying I'm going to do, is that truly going to impact and make a difference in what I want in my life? Or my is business? that one of those like urgent versus important type deals? I think urgent versus important, also other people's priorities, also like just not not clearly understanding, you know, first of all, what you want. And then second of all, what are the things that are actually going to get you there? Because those are two things that I think we often don't think about enough. And we think a lot about, you know, I might have to have my website perfect or send out this many emails or have this blog post, right? Or have this many uh, followers without really thinking, well, what's what's the actual end game here? What 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 do I want? What kind of a lifestyle do I want? What kind of a team do I want to build? What kind of an impact do I want to have? And what are the things that move the needle towards that? Right. But, and then urgent versus important for sure. But then here's the thing. Often the urgent things, we can't even plan for them necessarily always in a week. You know, sometimes things happen that your boss comes in and throws an extra project at you. School closes for the day or somebody's sick in your house. Like we often can't even plan for those things. So Yes. And also it goes deeper than just that urgent versus important. Okay. Why do you think that we put so much stuff on our to-do list to begin with in a week? Cause I, I do this all the time. Is this just a matter of kind of overestimating what you can get done in a week? Or is it like a feeling of, I should be able to get this done? Like, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. Cause like, I think we all do this and we end up with this list. That's like 40 items on it. And you get to Friday and you feel like crap because you've only got a couple things off the list, but really it's like, it wasn't really realistic to begin with. So I don't know if you have any insight as to like where that habit actually comes from. Like, why are we doing this to ourselves? So much. And I think I've been guilty of this too. There's one of the things that I would say, here's a tip for you right off the bat you know, if you're planning your weeks, I think a great practice is to also look at what's the task and how much time you think it's going to take you to complete it. And then add like 50% of time on there. <laughs> um, yeah. When I did this, there was a week <laughs> where I did this and I don't even think I added the buffer time. Mm. I think I literally was like, oh, this will take me two hours. This will take me five hours. There's been weeks where I, when I tallied it all up, I planned myself 150 hours of work. Just to give you a perspective, you only have 168 hours in a week. And I was planning to work for 150 of those. So I'm completely guilty of this. And I also think it's kind of a ball of, it's a tangled ball of yarn that we each have to kind of pull the strings and figure out why we do this. So let me share with you a couple of the reasons why I do this. And maybe some of these will resonate with you or resonate with anybody listening. I think it's important to look and remember you're your own best expert and start to ask yourself why, where does that come from? For me, one of the things I definitely noticed was an addiction to being busy. Mm. And I realized this, like busy means I'm important and busy means I'm making progress. And like, I really have this like attachment to being busy. And I noticed this when I went from having my daughter at home and only getting, you know, six to eight hours of work in a week to her going to daycare. I thought, oh my gosh, everything's going to change for me. I'm going to have, you know, I got like literally 30 something more hours a week. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to talk to friends. This is pre-COVID. Um, I'm going to leave my house. Like I'm going to crush my business, all these things. And what happened is I ended up still being in the same position of having way too many things on my to-do list, still not getting things done, still not going to the gym. And I was like, what the heck? And what I realized is that when I had more time, all I did was just add more things to the list. Mm, and yeah. I wasn't necessarily more strategic about it. So when I, when I look back and I realized, you know, I actually could have literally tripled the time I was working and had a couple of days off a week and felt good, but I didn't. Instead, I like 
10x the amount of things that I wanted to do just because I wanted to feel important. I wanted to feel like I was making progress. So I think addiction to being busy in our culture, I think that's really big too. Hustle culture, grinding, all that stuff. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Another one for me too has been people pleasing. So saying yes to everybody, every opportunity, everything and helping everybody. And that can also soak up my list too. And so I end up doing things for others before I do things for me. I can start out with my list for me being only this big, but by the end of the week, it's expanded and I'm putting other people's priorities before mine. And so I think if if you're listening and you've ever done this, and if you've never tried weekly planning, trust me, you'll probably run into this at some point. It's important to also look at the look at the patterns, understand what is happening. You can do an audit in reverse and say, okay, what are the things I didn't do and why? What are the things that kept coming up, kept getting in my way? But spot the patterns in yourself because some of it might be you need better boundaries, you know, lock the door and have open hours maybe at work or better boundaries with your kids or better boundaries with clients or bosses. And some of it might be deeper stuff, like a, like feeling like if you're not busy, if you're not being productive, you're not worthy. Or things like saying yes to everybody else instead of saying yes to things that matter to you and putting everyone else's needs above yours. So I think there's kind of two levels of it. There's a tactical and then there's also the, the emotional. There's the deeper stuff that that absolutely impacts the tactical things we think we're going to, we're going to do. Right. Okay. So before we get into some good, like practical tips, are there any other kind of big mistakes that you see people making that you want to call out? (laughs) Yeah. So we kind of talked about it, but I just want to call it out because it's a big one. It is totally underestimating how long things are going to take you (laughs) overestimating how many things we can do underestimating how long it's going to take us. Um, I also see a really big mistake is a lot of just transferring anything you didn't do last week or last month and just like putting it on the next list without really questioning, is this still the right thing I should be doing? Uh, do oh, I still even I do want that to do this? all the time. <laughs> and so some of it is <laughs> some of it is legit. You know, some things still have to get done and they weren't a big enough priority last week. But if you're continuing to do that and it's still not a priority, then the question is like, why? It, should it be a priority? And does something else need to come off your plate? Or is this a thing that you feel like you should be doing and you know on some level it's not the right thing, it's not the right next move? What is it? And, you know, number five, I kind of touched on this, but I think a really big mistake we make is by keeping everything tactical, keeping everything in the head and not realizing that there's often deeper patterns of why things keep coming up, not understanding like what it, what is it that I can actually change because when we look, when we look week by week by week, things might look very different. Like, oh, this week it was the kids, and then last, and the next week it's the neighbors, and then in ten weeks it's my partner. But the underlying pattern is, you know, putting other people before you, or maybe not having the support systems that you need, or not being able to say no. So that's I would say the last one, which is looking at any patterns, and people just think that it's all tactical. It's like, oh, well, weekly planning just doesn't work for me, or I can never get ahead, or I'm not in charge of my time, and that puts us in a mindset where if we always believe that we're not in control. We're never going to be in control. We're never going to be able to change it. So I think it's about taking ownership and realizing what can I look at that's maybe a little bit deeper that I'm still in charge of so that then you can make weekly planning and strategies work for you. Yeah, that's also great. All right. So with those big mistakes out of the way, let's uh, let's talk about some practical tips that people can actually take away with them today when it comes to actually sitting down at uh, you know Monday or Friday, and maybe that could be one of them. When are we supposed to do this weekly planning? Um, yeah, so let's talk about those tips that people can actually use to take away and do their weekly planning a little bit more successfully moving forward. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, first of all, great question. Like, when do you do it? Depends on you. Depends on what works for you. And that's going to be kind of the theme throughout everything that I share. It's about experimenting and figuring out what's going to work for you. When I worked in my corporate job, I found Friday afternoons were a perfect time to do this. 
I don't know where everyone else was, but they weren't bothering me. So it was a great time to plan my next week. (laughs) Now that I run my business, I find Monday mornings are a great time for me to do this. Some people find Sundays a really great time. Maybe you work shift work and we're here talking about weekly planning, but your shift is like a six day, six day shift. And so it might be at the beginning of your shift where you plan or the beginning of your time off where you plan. So it's really about figuring out what's going to work for you, um, depending on what your life is. And don't be afraid as with everything else to experiment, try something. And chances are, as your life changes, as you go into different different seasons, different spaces, different priorities, that, that might change. Like I said, I went from a Friday, I've done some Sundays, and now I'm on Mondays. So it really depends on you and what's happening in your life. Figure out what works for you. That's the most important thing. So the first thing I would say uh, in terms of how to actually do this, if maybe you're a digital calendar person, maybe you're a paper person, pick one, stick with it, see what works for you. I think that's the number one thing. Uh, Number two, put aside 30 to 60 minutes to actually plan. So put away your phone, maybe leave it in a different room, turn off your notifications and really sit down and give yourself that space to plan. Because if you can do the weekly planning effectively, it will save you hours and hours and help you move the needle on all sorts of stuff if you do it really well. So give yourself that time and that space. What I've also found, here's another little tip with your weekly planning. I used to just sit down and be like, okay, what do I want to get done? And I love to-do lists, but also sometimes I have, I find there's a lot of guilt with it. Like I should have gotten this done before. Why am I still carrying this over? Or there can be a lot of heaviness, like, oh, I'm dreading doing this. So what I like to start with, instead of going right to the, what do I need to do? I like to start with celebrations and reflections. So first of all, like, what am I really proud of from last week? And sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's like, man, I'm really proud that I took a nap when I was tired because I haven't done that in a long time. And sometimes it's bigger things. Like I'm really excited that I finally got that page on my website up, or I'm really excited that uh, that new client found me. And that was an amazing opportunity. So I think starting in that energy is a lot more powerful and bringing that as opposed to like the guilt and the dread and then hoping we have a better week this week, which isn't going to happen in that space. That's something that I started doing with my weekly planning too. I would always start on the, what were the, the top three things that I accomplished last week that I'm most proud of? And you're right. Like it totally just sets the stage for nice, but, you know, it just puts you in a feeling of, of accomplishment before you've even started tackling what you need to do next week. So yeah, for sure. That was a bit of a game changer for me too. Ah, I love it. Yeah. It's super simple, but it does make a really big difference. Yeah. I also think it's really powerful to reflect and, you know, you can, I have some clients that have a whole system that they use. And I have some clients that just have a simple question, like, you know, they have a sense of what their definition of success is. And they say, how successful did I feel last week? It could be as simple as that. I think some good questions are, you know, what are you proud of? What progress did you make? What's a big challenge that you faced last week? And what would you advise somebody else in that situation to do? Another great question can even be, what would my future self want for me to do this week? So I think it, those are some, some ideas of questions you can ask, make it work for you. You know, maybe it's great things. What am I, you know, what am I happy about? What do I wish I'd done differently? Whatever that is, uh, what, even as simple as like what worked and what didn't, but having a bit of that reflection piece. And I think, especially in times, oh my gosh, how many times have we heard the word uncertain times? <laughs> um, <laughs> But really, when things are changing, when things are evolving really quickly, and I don't even mean on like a global scale, like if you have a side hustle that you're trying to to create, like things are changing fast, new platforms are coming out, new rules are coming out. It's really important to have that reflection piece built in. So I always start my planning, celebration, reflection, get myself in that space, and then look at my goal. And I'm an advocate of having one goal at a time, one thing to focus on and look at your goal, read it, feel it, and then say, what am I going to do this week to move the needle on that goal? That's, that's a big one. Then you can figure out, okay, how long are these things going to take me? 
have I planned for 150 hours of work when there's only 168 hours in a week? Uh, then maybe I need to trim a few things back there. And then actually putting that time on your calendar. I think this is important to say too, because we're very, I've been very guilty of this in the past. I think especially right now, it's hard to think about ourselves. Like we want to, we have big goals. We want to achieve things, but it's also really important that we take care of ourselves and feel good. So I also, with my weekly planning, add an intention. And this is mine. You can borrow it if you want. You can create your own. But mine says, I'm stepping into the woman I meant to be and the impact I meant to have. I am my best self. I'm healthy, thriving, and inspired. I'm energized as I grow and expand. So yours doesn't have to be like that. It could be like, I'm successful in my family or I'm a happy uh, parent or whatever that is. But I also have an intention. And then I say, what am I going to do this week to live that, to be that? And so that's why I also think about things like, how am I feeling? Do I, do I feel like I miss friends? Uh, do we all miss friends? We all miss friends right now. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, do, <laughs> yeah. Do I, do I feel like I, to be this, to be my best self, like, do I need to take an afternoon off or an evening and read a book? Do I want to take a nice bath? Do I want to go have a workout? Do I want to do an online yoga class? Like, what do I want to do? And really think about those things too, because most of us are probably really good at planning the work stuff and not as good at, as planning the human stuff, the stuff that actually makes us feel good and allows us to then continue to, to do the great work that we want to do and build the businesses we want to build. So I really look at those two pieces. Yeah, so, that's really important because, you know, whenever I look at my to-do list, there's never th- anything on there like take a bath <laughs> or, you know, like it's just all the stuff that we like have to or should get done. But yeah, I mean, how many of us actually build in those self-care activities as an actual to-do item? Like I wager that almost none of us do that, but of course it's super important because that's the foundation of how we are going to have the energy and mental capacity to actually get everything else done. So of course, why wouldn't we be addressing that first? Normally it's not even addressed second, third or fourth or at all. Right. So yeah, it's super important. Yeah. It's amazing how much we don't talk about where, like where, and where everything good comes from you feeling good. And if you're not thriving, if you don't feel great, how can you be expected to perform at your best and and anything else that you do? And also we're not just here to be human doings. We're also human beings. We're here to enjoy our lives. We're here to, to have meaningful relationships in our lives and to be able to learn and grow and move our bodies and do whatever it is that makes us create whatever you love to do, connect. So I think that's really an important piece. This isn't about like planning spa days every week. I mean, if you can go for it, but this is about (laughs) being intentional. Like maybe on Sunday afternoons, I'm going to put my phone away and I'm just going to go play with my kids in the park or build forts, you know, like just really thinking about who do I want to be and making sure you're giving yourself time to do that. Right. All right. What's your next tip for us? Okay. So once you know what are the things you actually want to do, figure out how long it's going to take you, (laughs) add a buffer, always add a buffer, like 50%, maybe 100%, depending on how, you know, if you're like me, when I was planning 150 hours worth of work, I needed a 100% buffer because I clearly could not estimate my time well. (laughs) Maybe you're a little closer than I was and you don't need that much. But I always think start with a buffer, give yourself less things, and then actually put it on your calendar. So if we're talking about, you know, this week is the week you're going to, you want to create Instagram Reels as an example, or this is the week you want to update your client onboarding process, like block it out in your calendar, put it in there, figure out when you're going to do it. Maybe workouts are going to happen as soon as you come home from work, like whatever that is, but actually put it in there. Date nights, pick a date. Tell your partner that you're doing it. Book the babysitter, book the grandparents, book the restaurant or the bowling alley or whatever you're going to go do and figure that out and spend that time to actually go the extra mile and say, what is it going to take to do this? If there's a meeting you want to have, a connection when you, you want to have with somebody, send them an email, get that going, get the things on your calendar that you know are really important to you. 
Yeah, that was um, a big piece that was missing for me for a long time was like, you know, I'd get the stuff, but the stuff would never make it onto the calendar. So as they say, what gets scheduled gets done. And you know, the flip to that is if it doesn't get scheduled, it ain't going to happen. Um, totally. Yeah, so for me, that was like a huge, huge piece of the puzzle that was missing. And thankfully now I, I do that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, it's so true. I always say the best way to honor a dream in your heart is to give it time on your calendar. Mm, yeah. It, we can really tell what matters to you, what's important to you. If you look at your calendar, what's on there. And if the things that you say are important, your goal, growing your business, starting your business, if that's not on your calendar, is it really that important to you? And if yeah. it is, then we just have to make sure that we get on there. Put that mm -hmm. in there. Give yourself that time. So make it easy. Decrease that resistance, whatever you can in the time. Book the childcare. So if you can go to spin classes, book that. Like whatever it is that you can do, make it easy so that when you get to that moment, you're not like, oh, well, now I have to figure out like where I'm going to do my workout and or you know, and you're like, oh, it's Thursday night. We're just tired. We're too tired to get a babysitter or plan where we're going to go. Like figure all that out ahead of time. And then communicate, communicate with your partner, <laughs> communicate with your family, have family meetings, communicate with your, your team. If there's, okay, you know what? I'm going to start doing my Fridays or my day to do strategic planning with this work or to create these presentations, whatever it is, like let your team know. If you have any questions, ask me any day except for Friday or block the time. So I think communication is definitely like that next level. You know, my husband and I, we've been together for I think 12 years. I've been doing weekly planning for over 10 years. We just started doing this last year. So if you, but it's been a game changer for us to sit down at the beginning of the week and say, what do you need? And like, how do you want to feel? What are the goals that you're working on? And what is that going to look like? And for me to do the same, and we can then communicate things like who's going to do pickups and drop-offs? Who's going to organize dinner? What are we eating for food? Because otherwise that always fell to me being the last minute. Like, what are we eating for dinner? And I'm like trying to answer the emails and trying to do the thing. And all of a sudden now I'm also trying to figure out what's for dinner and go you to the grocery store. not relate to that one so hard. <laughs> yeah. So pulling that all back and it, like we still need to eat. Kids still need to be picked up from daycare. Our goals still need to happen. But having the conversation at the beginning of the week allows us to, to batch it. We're doing it all at once. It allows us to kind of air out those conversations We're like, oh, I have a meeting at this time. You have a meeting that time. I'll do this pickup. You do that drop off as opposed to being in the moment, being perhaps stressed or anxious or having our expectations not met. That's where I find that like that's where we have arguments. That's where we feel frustrated is when expectations aren't met. And so having those conversations at the beginning of the week, whether it's with your boss, your partner, your family, your team, doing that at the beginning of the week, airing that stuff out, making sure you can support them in the way they want and they can support you in the way that you want allows your whole week to go so much smoother. So that definitely took us like, you know, nine years to get here, but it has been really <laughs> helpful to do that. And uh, yeah, now we're, now we're very, it's, it's a great tip to have there too. Awesome. Any more tips? Those I think are the biggest ones. Okay. Is all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just want to cut you more, off. But <laughs> I've I've Thank got you. a couple. I've got a couple of questions here. So first, most of the people watching this right now are are probably thinking like that all sounds fantastic, but like, what do I do when I'm at a job from you know maybe seven a.m. to six or seven p.m. Then I'm coming home. Then I'm making dinner for you know a family of five. Now it's eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night. Like I've, I've got these goals, but like, how am I supposed to shoehorn all of this into my already jam-packed life? Like I, I have a job, I have a family, I've got responsibilities. I've got these wonderful things I want to make happen, but weekly planning almost sounds comical at this, at this point, because there's just so much going on. Like, do you have any tips for those people? Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've been one of those people myself. 
<laughs> I was just going to say, you and I have had this conversation many times. We struggled for so long to get childcare for my kid. And so it was shoehorning my business when I could, when I had a nap and when I maybe had a family in town or could make something happen. So like, I will just say that I can relate to that 100%. And I know it's not always easy. And like I said, this has been a like 10 years of making this happen. And the tips that I'm sharing are like an ideal, perfect week. Most of the time we get to 80, 90%. Maybe you start with only 10% and that's okay too. You start with like, hey, why don't I just start with celebrating what I did? Like, remember that the week is over, celebrate and reflect. Like maybe you just start there. So give yourself a little bit of grace here. You know, recognize the season that you're in, recognize the capacity that you have in your life and allow weekly planning to work for you, not making it one more thing that you should do. Now let's talk a little bit tactical in terms of what this looks like. So one of the things I found um, is that often if you're a bit of a planner already, which you probably are if you're watching this or interested in planning, probably your next few weeks are a little bit busy. What I find is that we tend to plan, you know, maybe a week in advance, maybe two, three, four weeks in advance. And so the next couple of weeks are busy and then things slow down. And then as you know, things never actually slow down. So what I find if you relate to this, what can be helpful is to look ahead and be like, okay, when do things actually slow down in my calendar? Is it in three weeks? Is it in four weeks? And then go ahead and then start to block that time then. Because often what happens is we book social things or we book a last minute class or maybe a doctor's appointment or dentist appointment or whatever those things are in the next couple of weeks. And then we have space after that. So if you have to look ahead a few weeks and find yourself some time to plan in there. Now, if you look ahead and you're like, for the foreseeable future, I have no time. <laughs> well, let's have some honest talk here. I think this is where you really need to ask and say, how important is this to me? What can I give? What can I create? What kind of space and time can I give? And am I willing to do it? And I think this is where we really have to understand with ourselves. Like we have children, we have responsibilities around the house. We may have uh, full-time jobs and maybe we have other, other businesses as well that we're trying to manage and trying to make it all work. And the question is, has to be like, how is it possible? And if you ask yourself, how is it possible for some of us, that answer might be, let's say, for example, with me, with my business, like it is possible for me to still be a great mom and grow my business if I'm okay with growing my business slower than I want to do it. Like growing at a pace that's maybe going to take me two or three years as opposed to six months. And then really being honest, am I okay with that? And if the answer is yes, which great, then, then I just say, okay, well, I'm going to spend a couple hours a week and I know it's going to take me two to three years to get there and I'm okay with that. And here's the flip side. If I'm not okay with that, if I'm not okay with it, well, then I get to change something. I'm in control. How is it possible? You know, do I ask my partner to step up and do more with the kids? Do I make a plan so that in a couple months I can go down to a four-day work week or a three-day work week? Can I get up earlier and carve myself out an hour before everybody else in the household wakes up? Can I hire someone to come clean my house? Can Like, what can I do? And start to brainstorm those things. I think so much of time management really does come down to what is your goal and how much time does your goal demand? And also what is your capacity and how do you match those two things in a way that feels aligned to you? And the truth is only, you know, the answer to that only, you know, what's going to feel good and what's not for some people, you're going to be like, I don't want my business to grow slower. In which case like, well, like, all right, then here we go. How can we make that happen? How can you still have that growth with the responsibilities that you have? That means we're taking responsibilities off your plate. That means we're outsourcing, we're delegating. That means you're finding ways to get yourself that time. Or maybe you're totally okay with, you know what? That just took a giant weight off my shoulders knowing that I can, if it takes me, I can give myself two hours a week. That I can, and I guarantee you probably anybody listening can find two hours or to five hours a week for themselves. And I'm, if I'm okay with growing slower, then great. I'm just going to take that pressure off, 
keep picking away one piece at a time, one task at a time, and my growth will come. So I think it's honest conversations. Like I wish, I I mean, I should have started with this. Like I wish I had a magic wand and could say, all right, here you are. You watch this video, like bibbity bobbity boo. Here's all the time you want. Here's the house cleaner. Here's the, you know, the nanny, the chauffeur, the the chef, um, the, the assistant, all those things. But I know it doesn't happen like that. It's piece by piece by piece. And it's intentional decisions about what we want to create and how much we're willing to put in the work, to outsource, to sacrifice, to wait sometimes for the results to go where we want to. Yeah. I mean, I basically asked that question for myself. I mean, you know, right. Like I had a baby <laughs> recently and I'm, I'm such a planner. Like I, I'm really diligent with my weekly planning and it is just almost not possible right now because you plan for one thing and then something else happens. And for me, there's just, I mean, there, there just has to be acceptance as to what the season of life you're currently in and it's great to have all these big goals and dreams, but we can't become untethered to the reality of the situation. Like I've really learned how to become patient and just accepting exactly where I am on my journey. And I know enough now to know that I will get there eventually because I've already proven it. And I think that can be really difficult in the beginning when everything's so uncertain and you haven't really experienced any wins and you're just impatient and you want the success yesterday and like, or today and tomorrow at the latest kind of a thing. But that's been a real journey for me to get to this point now. And I still, I still have moments during the week where I'm just frustrated at what I'm trying to do and what I, what I feel like I can't. And it's, it takes a a big reframe mentally. And then it feels great because then you can just say like, look, this, this is my priority right now. This part of my dream building that that can just is just going to go a little bit slower we're not we're not totally putting it on the back burner we're not saying no it's it's just going to unfold a little bit more slowly and that's totally fine slow and steady wins the race that that's been my mantra over the past while and for the past few years actually and it's working for me so (laughs) (laughs) no that's so good that's so real I think it's also important to sometimes zoom out I think you know weekly planning is great for um like putting pen to paper and taking action. But we also do have to zoom out and say, where does this time, where does this goal fit into the bigger picture of my life? You know, you have a brand new kid, maybe for others, like, you know, you've lost your childcare and you're trying to work from home with your kids and you're homeschooling and you've, you know, lost your support network. Maybe you're looking after other people. Like there's a lot of things going on and you sometimes have to zoom out and say, where does this fit into the bigger picture of my life of what I want? Do I want to create a certain financial stability? Do I want to have a certain relationship with my kids? Do I want to have kids? Do I want to have other relationships that are important? Do I want to like all those things, like what is the bigger picture of where you're going and understand where this season, where this pocket of time fits into the bigger picture. And I would say, you know, if you're feeling like Rachel, you feel like, oh, it's just not happening fast enough. Like maybe shift what your goal is and shift what your plan is. And instead of looking at taking things off every single week, maybe you do look at it as every month, like every month I can do these three things. Or maybe instead of your priority or like your big kind of goal being about your business, your goal is like well, the kind of mom that I want to be right now, or the kind of stay-at-home teacher that I want to be. <laughs> who knew we all want to, we're all going to be teachers. Just reframing the goal even to say like, who, who do I even want to be in this pandemic? Like, what's the story I want to tell at the end of this? 
And is the story going to be that I'm exhausted and overwhelmed and haven't made progress and been frustrated through it? Or is the story going to be that I like rocked my PJs every day, discovered new, some great new Netflix shows, tried new recipes, made lots of forts with my kids? Like, what is it that you actually want the story to be of this experience, mm-hmm. um, whatever season you're in? And I think that can sometimes like, if you zoom it back out, give you a little bit more perspective. And I do think it is about building in lots of flexibility, giving yourself a lot of grace and also checking in often and saying what's working, what's not. Um, And you and I have had the conversation too, like, can I hire more help? Yes, I can. Like, do I want to? Am I willing to? Is that really where I want to go? It it has been at some points and it hasn't been in others. And we also have to trust our voice inside and realize like, when are we listening to a value, which is like, this is important to me. And when am I listening to a fear, which is like, I'm falling behind or I should be doing more or I'm not doing enough or I wish this had happened yesterday. Mm -hmm. So it's really trying to discern that between the two, in case you haven't already guessed it, follow the value, listen to what you truly want, your value, your, your heart, your intuition, whatever you want to call it, listen to that and not the fear that's telling you you're not doing enough. You should be doing more. This should have happened yesterday. So discerning between that too can really be helpful. Right. Yeah. Okay. I've got one more kind of tip I want to ask you about, and this is for people that are super resistant to routine or planning. And I know there's a lot of these people out there, they just feel really constricted when it comes to scheduling and planning and routine, how can people like that make weekly planning work for them? Great question. Well, I think the first thing is to understand what is the resistance? What are you afraid of? What are you nervous about? What do you not want to have happen? And to understand what that actually is about. I think a lot of people think that they're going to lose their freedom or their flexibility by doing planning. But I've also found that when you do planning the right way, it can actually give you, for example, freedom and flexibility that you're looking for. So I think it's important to find out like, what's the resistance? What are you afraid of happening? And also like, what do you want? What are the things that you're trying to preserve and see how weekly planning can actually serve you for that. So I've, for example, I've had a a client who was very resistant to planning and we found out it was actually, she was resistant to actually growing her business. She was afraid that if she grew her business, her calendar was going to be full with appointments and schedules and obligations and client calls and all meetings and all these things that was going to take away her flexibility. Because what she really liked to do is she liked to be able to, to go for walks on a sunny day. She liked to be able to putter around in her garden. She liked to be able to take a day off or go for three days off the grid. And she was actually afraid that if she planned too much, if she grew her business, it was going to take those things away. What we had to do was like really discern that and be like, is that actually true? A lot of times these things are fears that we think are true. And we realized that what was also happening is that she didn't actually even have that much freedom because because she wasn't planning, because she didn't have the clients, because she didn't have, didn't have the business, she was working so much that she never had time to go in the garden. She mm. was so stressed and feeling so much pressure that she wasn't taking weeks off at a time or even days off. She was just working and guilting herself over this. And so I think a lot of times that resistance can actually be something that we need to work through and move through to realize what we truly want to have. So what she's discovered, and this has been a journey I've worked with her on and off for the last several years. And what she's now found as she's been able to move through this, this resistance and this resistance to growth and planning is that she's now in a place where guess what? She's got two assistants and she's looking at hiring some more support in her business. So she doesn't have to start her day at 8 a.m. She can start her day at 10 or 11 and do her morning routine. She's been able to take weeks off because she has people to look after her customers while she's away. She has more flexibility to get her groceries delivered. And so she's not having to need like all that flexibility to like, I need to make sure I have time to grocery shop and like worried about like not being inflexible. 
She's so flexible now. She just goes online and somebody else delivers it for her. And so like understanding what do you really want and how can planning help you get that? Because the right planning is going to enable you to have what you want in your life. The wrong planning is going to restrict you, but only you know that answer. Right. Yeah, that's great. Okay. I'm going to, we're going to wind things down a bit, but before we do, I'm super excited because you have recently published your very own planning system. And I want you to talk a little bit about that because it's really cool. I picked up a copy for myself a few weeks back and um, it's, it's a different, you've got a different approach. So just talk to me a little bit about your planning system, your new planner basically, and where people can find it if they want to check it out. Yeah. So thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for, for, for grabbing a copy. That's, that's awesome. Um, so I noticed that there was a lot of, I had common complaints coming in from clients. A lot of them was, were asking me like, you know, what planner do you recommend? Or I've tried this and this isn't working. And a lot of things I heard is that planners were either overcomplicated and felt like a second job or they were so high level and people couldn't actually figure out like, what do I do with this? Often they felt like there was a focus on just the tasks. And again, the reactive stuff of just like, oh, I've got to go to the doctor. I've got to pay this bill. I've got to reply to that email as opposed to figuring out like, what direction am I actually going and having that intention behind it? A lot of people also said they felt like they had a planner guilt from half empty planners on their shelves because inevitably we all fall off the wagon. Sometimes we all, we, we take weekend off, we take weeks off, we get sick, like things fall off. And I think another thing that we sort of touched on is like a lot of other planners focus only on the doing and not on the fact that we, especially during a pandemic, a lot of times for parents, women, if you've got other responsibilities, it forgets about the other balls that you still have to keep going in the air while you're working on your goal. That's kind of the the problems that I tried to solve with this planner is like, how do we, how do we change that for people? It's a process that I've been playing with for the last couple of years and worked really well for me. And I'm going to like be the worst salesperson in the world and say, it's not the only planning system out there. There's others. You got to find what works for you. But this is what I found work has worked for me and for my clients. And what we do is we break it down into a hundred day goals. So I say, okay, what am I going to focus on? What's the most important thing right now to move the needle on over the next hundred days and commit to that. And I found that that's been really powerful because hundred days is it's long enough that if you take action, if you make progress, you're going to see results and you're going to get momentum. And there's nothing more motivating than getting momentum. Like once you actually start to see things moving, you're like, oh, I can do this. You can, you have things to celebrate. You build trust back with yourself. You build confidence in yourself and that creates more results. And it's also not so long that if you're an overachiever, if you're someone who like, if you're multi-passionate, you like to do lots of things, anybody can say, I'm going to commit to something for hundred days. And in, in, I'll see you in three months, basically. Um, so that system has been really powerful for that. So what we're able to do with the 100-day planner, and you know, you don't need the planner, um, you can do this on your own, is just say like, for the next 100 days, this is my focus. The one thing, I'm going to make progress on this one thing that really matters to me. Um, in the planner, there's a goal-setting guide that helps you figure out what is that thing, what is the, the right goal for you, and helping you move forward on it. You know, I go with undated, like I really don't care if it takes you 92 days or if it takes 122 days. It's not about the exact number of days. It's about being consistent. It's about showing up. It's about making progress. And that's the most important thing. So I think, you know, we talk about like what's the most effective planning system. It's one that is going to work and it's one that gets you moving. And so that's what I've tried to create with this planner is something that you're actually going to use. doesn't feel like a second job, but it's also grounds you down in what's actually here. And I built in that, you know, I shared my intention with you around being my best self, but feeling energy and energized and thriving. I built that into the weekly planning every single week. So in the planner, you set your goal, you look back at the last month and pull out any, any lessons and figure out what to plan for the month ahead. And then every week you're doing the same. You're saying what worked, what didn't, what am I celebrating? And what's my intention both for my goal and for who I'm going to be and how I'm going to show up. So that's really what the planner is about. So it's hundred days of structure to get you moving on that goal. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you want to watch the original video, we've linked it for you in the show notes. And if you've fallen in love with Rachel, welcome. You are not alone. (laughs) Rachel Harrison's son helps entrepreneurs create a passive income-driven business and lifestyle, and she's getting good at it. Honestly, she is the reason why the 100-Day Goal-Getter Planner exists, and she's helped many other people create passive income businesses as well. So go give her a follow on YouTube and join her Facebook group. And of course, all the links are in the show notes for you. If you love this topic, you want more, go listen to episode 39 of Golden Girls Podcast or, you know, build me a soapbox and invite me because you know I will be there. (laughs) And if you love my strategy, the way that I suggest planning weeks and you don't want to create, recreate the wheel, go ahead and grab the 100 day goal getter planner and journal and link to that in the show notes as well. If this episode helped you out in any way, please take a moment right now and send this to a friend, a colleague, a family member or neighbor who you think might need this too. As always, stay connected and make sure to implement what you learned in this episode. doesn't need to be everything, but I invite you to make a commitment in this moment to try at least one thing from this episode this week. If you want some extra accountability, shoot me a message on Instagram or shoot me an email. I love reading your messages and cheering you on from wherever we are in the world. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode of Golden Girls Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If something spoke to you, send me a message by sharing this episode and tagging me on social media. If you know someone who would love to hear this episode, please share it with them too. Because I love surprises, make sure you subscribe to the Golden Girls podcast today. It's the only way to find out about bonus surprise episodes and make sure you don't miss a single beat on your golden journey. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode of the Golden Girls podcast.